and welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast, the most insulting podcast in the business. Today we are joined by Sarah Jezebel Diva of Torn Between Two Worlds. How are you doing today? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? It is, I, as you are in the UK, you are at nighttime. I am in mid-afternoon time and deeply dreading having to do laundry when I get done with this. So the longer we can go, the better. <laughs> well, I got my husband to do that before I uh, did the podcast. So um, there's no housework to be done. I actually have done quite a bit of housework today and <laughs> trying to trying to make trying to make everything work out well. But so let's see, where do we go? You're from England, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Does so, the accent get away? A little bit. Um I I are you so you are you an Anglo Saxon or are you a Norman? Next question. Fair enough. <laughs> um, I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> in in American nerdity, uh, the Saxons and the Normans are a big deal, and we still remember that over here for some reason. And I don't know that anybody cares anymore. No, I don't think they do. But don't ask really intelligent questions, okay? Because this could be a really long interview. <laughs> Fair enough. So, what do you have going on? And with torn again, uh, torn between two worlds. Well, um, obviously, uh, uh, for people who aren't overly familiar with torn between two worlds, as I put it, it is um, the continuation of mine and Chris's journey in Angtoria. So we formed Angtoria. We, you know, we started it. Um, and we released God Has a Plan for Us All and everything went quiet. Um, obviously, if you want to ask about that, I'll go into more detail. Me and Chris have always stayed in touch. We never planned on there only being one Antoria album. That was never the plan. But I, I was working for so many bands and I favoured Cradle of Filth, which no offence to Cradle of Filth, but I shouldn't have done that because I never planned on just being a backing singer. Um, but so Antoria kind of fell to the backbone and it was like everyone had a life, everyone had things to do. Um, and so, yeah, nothing else happened. But as I said, me and Chris never planned on it just ending there. There was supposed to be another album. It just didn't happen. Things have happened now where it is just me and Chris exactly how it started and um, how it will stay now. So this is, music is in exactly the same vein of Angtoria because Chris wrote the music, I wrote the lyrics. Um, I personally don't really see much of a difference between this stuff and the Angtoria stuff. And I think it's because the main music writers are still there. Do you know what I mean? Um, so... I'd say maybe it's fresher, maybe. Um, it's, I don't know, it's still Antoria in my eyes, and Antoria was our baby. Um, but um, we're just not using that name. You could see another release from Antoria, but it won't be me and Chris, so. Oh, gotcha. So there's there's legal issues around the name. No, not, no, no, not that. Say, a small personal 
one. That's the best to say. People go different directions, you know. So um, it is it is just too much to go into. But um, not a problem. I was wondering why you would change the name or weren't using the name. Excuse me, since you had said that you yeah. felt it was. We're just, not, uh, we're just not recording under that name anymore. Um, we didn't pick the name. I think that's probably the best thing I can say. We didn't pick the name. So, um, so yeah, this is a continuation in my eyes. Um, for Chris, it's a fresh start, but it's still the same kind of music. Um, I don't really see that much of a difference. So, so it still appeals to the Antoria fans greatly. So... Gotcha. I actually uh, listened to the the single today a couple of times, and I have got to say, your voice is absolutely beautiful. And thank you. I, I loved that song. How would you, how would you describe that song? Well, um, I record the vocals in my front room. We have a small apartment, and I got a setup. Obviously, COVID-19 has changed so much and you can't go into a recording studio right now. And, you know, what with all these lockdowns and everything, I kind of, as I put it, got my mojo back because mm -hmm. I took eight years absence, kind of eight years, maybe a bit more. And I didn't really want to do music and so much had happened. Um, so many experiences that I just, I just had enough. Uh, and then... Things happened. I mean, you've, you've probably, as I say, heard the podcast or other things that I've said recently. You know, um, it takes one person to wake you up. And uh, I got woken up. So I got equipment. People helped me. Um, Chris uh, Wren started giving me uh, Logic Pro X lessons on how to use the, the software. And yeah, I did my vocals in the front room. So that is special in itself because normally I just look, a, look at a computer and it scares the hell out of me. You know, we're all used to our phones now, aren't we? Um, Completely and, understand that. My daughter, uh, my daughter and wife both use Macs and I use PC. Oh, do you know yeah. what? I was going to buy a PC, but I just thought, oh my God, I've forgotten how to do it. Whereas a man, you lift, you literally just lift the lid and it works and you don't have to worry about anything. So obviously I had to learn. I hadn't touched my Mac in, in years either. So I had to update it, get a new one and this and that. So just going back to the new single, it's special in so many ways because I did my vocals on my own. I pressed all the buttons myself and I sent all the files to the right email address and it ended up in the right email box. And I'm proud of myself. I'm really, really proud of my vocals. I'm proud of everything about that song, more so this song than The Beauty of Deception, you know, because it kind of, I don't know, I'm 44. I should have learned all this years ago, but because I'd spent so long going into recording studios and working for other people, there was never any real need for me to learn how to record myself. 
but now I've got this passion and, uh, and now I'm doing it. And if you're aware, I'm also working for Mortis again. So he's got, he's writing new music and I'm helping him. So it's a big thing for me doing all of this. Listening to it back, I would never have guessed that it was recorded in somebody's front room. And well, I, I think, think, go ahead. Go on. No, so I was saying because Chris has his own recording studio Oh, and massive and you see his recording studio in in both videos um and it's huge and he's worked so so hard in his life uh he's worked so hard for everything that he has and it's paid off and that's the production that you hear on these two songs it's just phenomenal he mixes, he edits, he records, he masters, he does absolutely everything, you know. And but then again, in my eyes, uh, Chris can polish a turd, you know. That you know that English saying, "You can't polish a turd." Well, Chris can polish a turd. So even if I'd done loads of rubbish, he probably still would have made it sound good. <laughs> He's very good. I am sorry. I am. <laughs> I'm going to be laughing about the phrase, Chris can polish your turd pie for the rest of the day. <laughs> so thank you very much for that. Yeah. <laughs> when, uh, when will there be a full album coming out? Do you have any right. plans for that yet? We have a plan, but because so much is going on still with COVID-19 and it's ruined so much for so many people, um, I don't want to say what we have planned in our head. Um, so I won't say too much. I can tell you that yesterday Chris sent me a third song and I can actually, you'll be the first person really that I've said it to. Um, I mean, I just put, put it out on the Facebook page, but he sent me the third song yesterday um, and I've started writing my lyrics and, you know, coming up with the melodies because the song is, um, it is very Antoria. It really is, um, as he said, I don't want to say it's going back to the roots, but it's very big, it's very orchestrated, it's uh, very catchy. Um, and so there's a lot of pressure on me now to come up with melodies that are just as catchy. Um, but yeah, so we have the third song. Um, that's going to take some time, maybe a month and a half, two months, I reckon. We have a fourth um, and potentially a fifth. Um, so we're just going to play it by ear. But there is mention, and, and we don't like to use this word, but there is mention of crowdfunding because um, I don't like it. It, it doesn't sit well with me and Chris. However, I know sometimes people have to do it. And so we've discussed it and think we might attempt some crowdfunding just once because there seems to be a call for a CD. People want a physical form and not just a download. And everything costs so much money right now. So we, we don't know. We, we want to play it by ear. I will say there will be more music. Um, so we'll just leave it there for now. 
All right. And, you know, to go back to crowdfunding, I personally have no issue with crowdfunding. I have backed several, several Kickstarters and GoFundMes and all that kind of thing. The only thing I don't like is when somebody, and I won't say any names, but like I buy records, I buy vinyl, that's that's just what I do. And mm. when I see somebody saying, oh, you know, we're crowdfunding our album, help us out. The vinyl tier is $60. Yeah. Uh, immediately that turns me off so yeah. if i can if i'm looking at it as i'm just pre-ordering this it makes me a lot more a lot more willing to jump in on something like that and i have jumped in on bunches of those i mean i think if we're gonna do it it's got to be good and it's got to be very well planned we don't want to oh nobody wants to um over crowdfund so i want to make sure that we've got the costs and that's it you know um we don't want to take advantage because you start taking advantage you know the favors and the goodwill gestures and all of that it dries up very very quickly and people can see through fake people so we have to have a game plan and lay that out to the fans and whoever wants to contribute would it would be amazing but we we still feel funny about it we i don't know asking people for money just i don't know it just feels wrong but we know that people want a physical form so if we do anything it will likely be vinyl but the 60 dollar thing I, I don't get that um i mean i don't I, even know which vinyl goes for these days but i don't um, not sixty dollars. No, no. no. I actually had a conversation with it uh, with a buddy of mine about that today because I stopped by after I got my oil changed. I stopped by a record store and I told him I, I passed on Kiss's music from the Elder because it was forty bucks. And he's like, "Why didn't you buy it? I know you spent that much on records before." I'm like, "Not on no. Very rarely do I spend that much. I try to stay around twenty five bucks." Mm. So. And I'm supposed to pay you sixty or seventy-five dollars when I could just wait till this is funded and buy it for twenty-five. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how it all works, but I do know some bands that have done it, and I know. I think when you when you see bands that have done it and you know these bands personally, or the intent with one person or two people it kind of makes you think oh no I don't it, it leaves that crowdfunding bitter taste in your mouth you know when you know who I don't, it's, it's hard to explain but I think some people have very very good intentions and aren't successful and some people have the wrong intentions and get all the money and it just goes in the wrong goes to the wrong people I think I have you know, seen I mean, I'd pay $60 for on a vinyl and that's Emperor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen a lot of crowdfunding issues go awry. And with everyone that's that I've seen go sideways, it's always been for the same reason. You have somebody trying to do something that they're not capable of doing. Also, when there's too many fingers in the pie. Or not enough. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, as I said, if, we, if we're going to do it, it's got to be done right. And we want everyone to know what we're doing 
um, and we'll only do it once. We'll only do it once, you know, and who knows if we do make some money, it's not like we're going to go off down the pub and get drunk. <laughs> it's going to be any money that is made will go into the future. You know, money disappears very fast and so does people, people's faith in you, you know. Completely agree. And my, not that I'm an expert on this by any stretch of the imagination, I can only explain what I have done in the past. My suggestion is make it simple and don't yeah. put a thousand tears. A thousand tears. Oh, I've seen Kickstarters where they have like 15 different levels that you can donate at. And then all of a oh, sudden. I thought you meant crying. And I thought, I'm oh. not crying. <laughs> oh god that's a bit much i'll sign it but i won't leave my tears in the vinyl <laughs> yeah um no no it'll be very simple it'll be very simple i would like to think it would be done so simple that everyone can afford it you know um, you can't get greedy especially if people have donated to crowdfunding you can't get greedy that's that's just wrong well, so I mean, I see things, I've seen some really goofy ones, like if you give $1,000, you can play on the album. And I'm like, mm, why would anybody want to hear me on that? <laughs> Depends what you're doing. I mean, if you're playing the spoons um, or the electric triangle, they might want to hear you. I actually had uh, an offer from a death metal band in Denver to become their new lead electric triangle player. <laughs> Excellent. I haven't, I mean, I got to practice. So there's going to be an audition, I assume. I don't think they're just going to let me in. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> cool. I, I will admit to being interested, though. So, look, if it works out and you need one, like, I can do files, too. You can do what? I can record things and send them on the internet. I mean, I'm just saying. Oh, I'm, a, I, I'm a fan. I love doorbells. Doorbells are great. I don't, I don't know how to do that. Okay, so this is not going to work. So moving on. Um, <laughs> so I always like to ask people about where they're from and what it's like over there. What is like the main, what is like the main dish, like the signature local delicacy of where you're from? Oh my God, pine mash. Okay, I don't know what that means. So, <laughs> um, all right, so I'm from London. Um, and this, well, actually, there's jellied eels, you know, eels, not mm -hmm. the electric ones, because that's going to hurt if you bite into those, but um, eels, they're in a jelly and, and they're cold and yuck. And I've never eaten them and I never will. Um, but I know they just look yuck and they smell yuck. Um, but that's part of the uh, pie and mash as well. So it's a pie with like some kind of minced up meat. I don't know where that comes from. It might be from the anus. I've just no idea, but it just doesn't look like. <laughs> so, okay. Just, um, just, wow. And mashed potato. I like liquor. mashed potatoes. <laughs> yeah, and liquor, but it's not liquor as in vodka or anything like that. It's like this green, thick sauce made of parsley and something or other so that is the um that's the dish okay um, um yes. wow i don't know how anybody could ever conceptualize eating that 
um, but you know what? Most people eat anything, you know, like black pudding. I mean, you've, you do you have black pudding in America? You mean like chocolate jello? It's made of blood. Oh, God. So black pudding is like all the leftover products from the animal, like, again, teeth, hooves, blood. Wait, teeth? <laughs> you're, you're you're scaring my daughter. Let's let's not talk about eating teeth and hooves. <laughs> and by by my daughter, I mean you're terrifying me. <laughs> let's talk about something that you would eat because I know that's not uh, up your alley. <laughs> We're getting a bit personal there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's really funny. Okay. Oh my God. Um, do you know what? You've just totally thrown me. What I love. Um, obviously, don't eat meat, but I do love uh, a burger, but obviously, vegan. Um, okay. So much I have tried to do vegan burgers. And... Where you get them from and forget falafel right because everyone seems to think that if you don't eat meat you just have falafel or a bean burger oh it just does my brain in or chickpeas no just no <laughs> um there's so many companies out there where the burger actually tastes like real meat now people will then go well why don't you just eat real meat but as you can imagine it's not just about that it's about you know the, the whole thing behind it of the animal you know um but it is very chewy and it's just just no difference i mean i've not eaten meat since 2008 and i i, I just wouldn't go back but my favorite food probably is avocados if i die i want to come back as an avocado but that's probably not going to work out too well for me because I'll get eaten and then I'll end up going out the wrong end. <laughs> See, this reminds me of a conversation I had with my daughter yesterday. And I don't normally talk about her as much as I am on these, but I was trying, we were having tacos for dinner tonight. So oh, I was trying to convince her that tacos are named tacos because they talk. Oh, they talk. Well, they do. And that's she true. explained to me that they don't talk. She's had many friendships with tacos, but they've all been one-sided. Of course. I just That's said she was a bad taco friend. <laughs> oh my god, oh, it's funny. Uh, tacos are great though. I love tacos or tacos. Uh, it doesn't sound very nice though. What if I say a, a taco? Taco sounds better. Taco just don't know. Sounds rubbish. You've got a better accent than me. Well, you. Let me see. You said you're. I'm going to guess you're from North London. If I could be a little bit of Henry Higgins for a minute. I can't remember. Um, where am I from? Forest Gate. <laughs> I don't know what part of London it is. All I know is that I was born there. And then we lived in Silvertown for a while. And then East Ham. So it was all quite rough, really. Um, I mean, I used to walk miles into town when I was five years old. You don't do that now, you no. know. Um, that was just my upbringing. Um, which was perfectly normal back then. Um, 
obviously now, I mean, I've got a six-year-old and that boy holds my hand and he's going to be holding my hand till he's 20. <laughs> I don't want him having a childhood like, like mine, you know? Well, one of the conversations I routinely have is at what point do, at what point does my daughter get to be more independent like I was when I was little? When I was eight, I was cooking on the gas stove. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. And I'm routinely, and I, and I had to babysit my six-year-old cousin. Wow. And I'm routinely told that my upbringing will not be the model for hers. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I was carrying a knife when I was six. I was given knives for Christmas at four. Uh, no, I was sniffing glue at three. All right, then. That's so funny. No. All right, then. I had to get up at 10 o'clock at night, half an hour before I went to bed, drink a cup of sulfuric acid. Actually, my mum, she used to wash my brother's mouth out with soap if they swore. My mother did that to me. Yeah, it's horrible, isn't it? Oh my God, it was, that is abuse. It is, it is. But it was acceptable then, somehow. Everything was acceptable back then. My first attempt, my first sip of beer was at age three because I asked my stepdad what his bush tasted like. Bush beer, for the record. Oh, Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry, I, I, bush beer is a local beer-ish that's considered uh, disgusting piss water anywhere outside of St. Louis. And I don't think it's ever crossed an international line. So I, that's why I had to clarify that one. Actually, true story. I first had, um, I don't know how you say it because you use different words. I, I first had a taste of a cigarette when I was about two or three years old. And Same. There was a re- there was, yeah, there was a reason behind it. There My was, stepdad. Yeah, the, to put put you off of it. Um, yeah. God, I feel like a rebel. Don't, feel like don't a what now? A rebel. Oh, I thought you said a ripple. And then I was going to say, no. oh, I'm going to get to learn more English slang. <laughs> no, a rebel. No, when you think about it, when you talk about the stuff you did as a child, my God, there is no way my son would ever do anything like that. <laughs> no, I, I'm completely there. When I think about... Well, and I mean, we when we went to school, I mean, we were walking to school. I had to walk to the bus stop at age five and cross mm-hmm. a street by myself. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely. And now we won't even let my daughter go to the bus stop down the block by herself. No, totally, because times have, well, I wouldn't say times have changed. I think we're a lot more aware of what's going on. I mean, um, without going into serial killer territory, there's always been serial killers. It's just obviously now we've got we've got such good media. Like you know, when I was two years old, there was only a few channels on the TV. Now there's hundreds. Um, you know, we've got mobile phones, and now everyone's a lot more aware of what goes on. There's more cars on the road. I mean, yeah. Oh, I remember trying to explain to her what life was like. I think she was six at the time. And we were talking about our phones. And my wife says, yeah, we couldn't even take pictures on our phones. And I said, yeah, and we didn't listen to music on them. 
And she just looks at me quizzically and says, what did you do with them? Because if the phone doesn't take pictures and play music, is it even a phone? They haven't, they haven't got a clue, have they? Bless them. No, no. <laughs> I mean, my, my son saw a record player. You know, uh, I don't know if you call it anything different, but you know what you play the vinyl on. Mm-hmm. And he was so confused by it. You know, um, like cassette tapes. I have cassette tapes. And he's like, what are they? And I'm like, it's just too much to explain. But if you, <laughs> if you dare pull the inside out of that cassette tape, you're grounded forever because I'm not putting it back in. When when I started buying vinyl again, my daughter was three. No, four. She was four. And so the concept was, this is the special music that we buy. And that was actually one of the questions she had was, did you have that special music when you were my age? <laughs> it's like, funny, you should ask. And then we went, then, then I mean, that one just, her mind was blown on that one. Yeah, then, well, you know, all these things are coming back now. They're all coming back now, aren't they? Obviously, vinyl has made such a big comeback, and now cassette tapes as well. I mean, I gotta admit, the whole cassette tape thing, I don't get. No, I don't, because it always gets jammed. It It gets jammed. They Um, break. I record over them by mistake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, I want to apologize for me not being on um, camera, but because it's um, because it's late and it's I'm, I'm sitting in dark and I'm hanging upside down because I'm a vampire bat. Fair enough. Um, I... And uh, now I've been up since four o'clock this morning and I was at work, so I'm absolutely right. shattered. And then also there's always this small chance that my husband might come running in in his underpants and I don't really want anybody to see that. So I I can understand that. (laughs) I'm not going to discuss underpants any further though. (laughs) So, okay. You're, you're in London. What is your soccer team? It's called football. Actually soccer is an English term, which was created according to an Irishman that I heard in 2004. Soccer is the term they use to differentiate rugby, uh, rugby or football union and football association. Oh, no, I don't believe that. I I choose to believe that because it fits. It makes me not have to change anything. Okay. Um, um, There's loads of football teams. And I don't really like football. I'm more into um, martial arts. I like watching people get on top of each other and beat each other up for fun. Wonder, I suppose they do that in football as well. They all kick each other's ankles and then they roll about on the floor crying for a while, don't they? It, um, yeah, it's, it's not really fighting as much as it is falling yeah. and saying, teacher, teacher, he hit me. I, I'm, I'm not really a football fan, um, although I have seen West Ham play probably five times live. And that was amazing. I was only like 13 or 14. And I went with my boyfriend, who was a big West Ham hooligan fan. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it was amazing to see. I have to admit, I would definitely go to a live match again. But to watch on TV, it doesn't interest me. I don't know. I'm more into into other things. So 
Well, if you like people fighting and getting on top of each other, I would suggest hockey. And naked skydiving. Okay, they don't have that on TV here. <laughs> you don't know what you're missing. I've got a pretty good idea. I, I have a vivid imagination, and I'm not sure this works for me. Is this co-ed, men's, women's? Do they have like regulations on the parachute? How is this scored? Well, you'll have to you have to have a think, won't you? We I'm guessing I'm guessing yeah. that you would want to do this like the swimmers do with the body hair to maximize wind resistance. I think it's gone a bit too far now. Has it? Okay. I'm sorry. I, I went down a rabbit hole there. Uh, You're thinking a bit too much there. I get told that a lot, that I really overthink things. I really <laughs> feel like I missed out on a calling in loss prevention. <laughs> I remember one time at, at, at work, my buddy of mine won a contest for uh, an American football game. And he didn't want to go. So he was giving me the tickets and I had to come up with this huge giant side story about why he gave them to me rather than not taking them just in case somebody asked. Nobody well, asked. Nobody asked. Nobody <laughs> asked. Nobody was like, Hey, how come you went and not done? I mean, I even had it down to where I went to pick up the tickets. That's how deeply involved my cover story went. No, no, that's good. That's good. That's good. Nobody asked though. I mean, I kind of really wasted some time on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I'm kind of depressed over this. I haven't thought about this in 20 years. <sighs> oh well, such is life. Um, need a moment to yourself to recover. No, maybe probably should just try to forget about this and move on you probably should you probably should i won't i'm gonna be thinking about this all night do you know i'm so tired my eyes go blurred watching you and it looks like there's a swan behind you oh that's a lamp <laughs> oh my god this is funny right go on continue i don't know what i was talking about what do you want to talk about i have no clue <laughs> I have no clue. It's a Alrighty then. Uh, wow, I've never said that. Um, hmm. Well, you are tired. So I will ask you, which single do you want me to play? Out of what? Out of, Out of the every world? Yeah. Does it have to be heavy metal? Well, I meant like, what single of yours? Oh, I was going to say Madonna justify my love, but I can't get away with that. Wow, um, that is that is an interesting uh, choice for Madonna. Uh, very we do have a couple of Madonna records over on the shelf, though. Gambler, do you Gambler. like the song Gambler? Wait, you... by by Kenny Rogers or like a different Gambler? No, not Kenny. No, Madonna. There's a Madonna song called The Gambler. No, not the. It's called Gambler. Just Gambler. Yeah, it was brilliant. Really good, good song. Didn't get enough. Um, oh, God, I can't think of the word. 
publicity, that's the one. All right, one from me. Um, oh God, I've no clue. Um, what do you have there? I've got the two that Curtis sent out. Oh, so it's got, a, so you've really narrowed it down, haven't you? So a little first, bit. So I thought at first it would be what single do you want to play out of every single in the world? And then I thought it was narrowed down to everything I've ever done. And now you've narrowed it down to two. So I've got well, to pick for the one. Yeah, I mean, I can only play what I have. Oh, okay. Although if it could be any single ever released in the history of the world, what would it be? Or it'd have to be something by Emperor in the Nightside Eclipse. Again, my God, I've said Emperor twice now. Well, actually three times because I've just used that as an example. <laughs> actually, just play the whole album. Um, if you want to play anything, I guess play the new single. I will do that. And is there anything we haven't discussed that you have been itching to say? Bloody hell, there's loads of things we haven't discussed. Go ahead. Um, the climate. Um, why do crocodiles bite so hard? Uh, crocodiles bite so hard. I don't know. No, I, I don't. Um, but for, as for the climate, there's a reason why I drive a hybrid. Why? My next car is going to be full electric. Oh, well, someone's doing okay in life, aren't they? Uh, you can get a full electric car for $10,000 if you're willing to buy used. That's cheap. Mm-hmm. I got my hybrid for $5,000 because I got an old one. That's really cheap. Wow. Yeah. I'm a bargain shopper. No, no, that's good. That's good. I'm not, I mean, when I say electric, I'm not buying a Tesla. No. I mean, I, I thought it would be a cool idea to raise money for the car. Would sell my husband on eBay for body parts, but he's got to that point now where I don't think I'd get much money. And I don't <laughs> think he'd like it either, really. Also, where I live, we don't have very good public transportation. So if I were to take public transit to and from the office, it would take me two and a half hours each way. Wow. Yeah. Where, about, where were you based? I'm in St. Louis, Missouri, which is in the center of the United States. Yeah, I remember it's one of the hottest gigs I ever played, you know, St. Louis. I don't um, doubt that. Was it, in, was it an outdoor summer gig? <clears throat> Ozfest. Craig Lafill. What it, year was that? Oh God, can't even remember what I did yesterday. Um, it was a long time ago. I went to the first three, so I, I but I don't remember them all that well because I had sunstroke. No, oh, okay. Well, this um, oh God, who headlined? Oh yeah, Ozzy. <laughs> That's a silly question. I'm glad I answered that one myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was Craig Lafill and Voivod. We were on the B stage, and Corn uh, played. Uh, oh, I didn't go to that one. Marilyn Manson. Uh, okay, that was the first one I didn't go to. That was 1990. No, that was 2000. 2000, yeah. It was amazing. Ten weeks. Ten weeks. Oh, just absolutely phenomenal tour. Absolutely phenomenal. 
Um, but yeah, I remember St. Louis because it was, it was awful. Like the heat. Oh my God. It was, it was about 101 or something stupid like that. It gets to 115 now. It's brutal. Oh, wow. It's brutal. So obviously, but you know. Not the real awful thing about it, though, is we go to 115 Fahrenheit and we go as low as negative 20 Fahrenheit. Yeah. Crazy. Most places in this country don't have that kind of swing. So don't drive on the roads here. They're full of potholes. Oh, well, I love driving in America. I went to see, um, oh, when was it? It was uh, when me and my husband got married. We did the East Coast and I went to see um, my friend Brad and Nicole. Um, Brad uh, is the drummer of Guam. Mm -hmm. And um, we went to see them. And just as I was leaving, you know, all confident in the car, leaving their house, and I drove on the opposite side of the road. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so glad there was no police officers around because they'd probably taser me just for being British. But I love driving in America. I love it. I love America. Absolutely do. Haven't been there for a while. Uh, but, you know, love it. Love it. It's just a whole new world. It is a very interesting world. I'll say that much. And if you've been on the coasts, those are the in my those are my favorite parts of America. But it also costs four times as much to live there as it does here. Well, your your fuel is really cheap. You know, get a gallon of fuel for well, when I was last there, a couple of dollars, and I'm like, wow, for a gallon, wow, two seventy five now. What, for a gallon? Yeah. Um, we pay four times that. Four times. It's horrendous. Could you send me some petrol, please? I could, but I don't know if it's going to make it. They, they ask you a question if you're sending anything flammable. Um, I don't think I want to lie to the federal government and commit mail fraud, though. No, no, best not. Best not. It's, but, um, we have so much subsidies on oil and gas. That's why it's so cheap here. Oh, it's so cheap being there. Love it. it like touring as well. We'd always end up at Walmart. I'm, I'm Walmart for, for tourists. Oh my God, it's just like a dream come true. You could just roll around on the floor and roll into every aisle and there's a surprise in every aisle. I love it. I used to love buying my knickers from there. Anyway. So back on underwear. Okay, that that's an odd run. It does look like a swan behind you. Not anymore. Maybe. It. I think a lot of people when they come to America for the first time don't realize how big it is here. Oh God, massive! Yeah, yeah. You know, the state I live in is as big as the entire UK. Oh no! You've got what seventy-five million people over there. I don't know, something like that. I have five. There's a lot of us. We might have five million in this state. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. So we have, even in the really densely populated states, you know, California has 115 million, I think. Is that right? No, no, that's not right. Uh, but there, California has about 60 million. And California is the size of the UK four times. 
and that's a densely populated state. So we have a lot more room. Well, we can all move over to yours then, can't we? I wish people would move over here and fill up our state. It, no, it's massive. It is massive. America's massive. I mean, I love driving on the roads and drive, drive, drive. Then there'd be this massive gas station full of goodies. And then you drive again and just stop off at the next gas station because it was full of more goodies. And it's just, yeah. yeah I will say, the next time you're here touring, my personal favorite road trip food is uh, jalapeno pizza combos. Oh, never heard of it. It's uh, fake cheese inside a fake pretzel. <laughs> fake cheese inside a fake pretzel. I assume the pretzel's fake. I can't confirm. Oh, okay. So it's a bit like a toy from Toys R Us. No, it's not a toy. You eat it. You can really eat it. Yeah, we have a lot of imitation food. I know, I know. I know. Like, like have, cheese. You, have you ever seen the cheese that comes out of a can? No, I don't think I've seen that. But when uh, we used to stop off at Denny's at two o'clock in the morning after a show, you'd always, you know, whatever food we were eating, there'd be this like, kind of yellow that looked like it was from another planet and it was cheese and they're like yes it's real cheese and I'm like well if we set that cheese on fire is it meant to burn like that it would go all black and fumes would come out and it was weird weird cheese here's okay that's what's called American cheese Oh, it's that one. <clears throat> American cheese isn't real cheese. It's kind of fake cheese. But here in St. Louis, not to be outdone, we have St. Louis style cheese, which is a fake cheese made out of fake cheese. I love it. It is delicious, though. There's yeah. not a vegan version that I'm aware of, but I don't know if it counts because I don't know if there's any milk in it. Yeah, probably no milk. Probably made of plastic. It melts well, though. Yeah, probably made of plastic. You do, you do have some very, very good food, but I've, I can't remember. No, I don't mean it like that. I don't mean it like that. I mean, no, I know it's. I, I know exactly what you mean. It's. I, I mean, I love, I love sushi as well. You know, obviously, you know, no, nothing swimming in it or whatever. But um, I know the sushi in America is really good, really good especially if you get it on the coasts well because next time back i'll have to get some sushi and bring some petrol back with me as well good and luck with cheese. that one some fake cheese well how, okay do you drive to work do i yeah because i i i work 50 minutes away from where i live so i'm not walking that every day how 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 big is the gas tank? How long does that last you? Oh, uh, well, it cost me. God, this is random. Um, I like it random. Cost me about forty five pound to fill it up. Holy hell! <clears throat> That's a, it's actually quite a lot when you think about it. That's sixty uh, bucks. No, cost, no, it's seventy dollars. Yeah, it's it's a lot to fill it up. I'd probably get about of a full tank, six hours worth of driving, seven, I don't know, randomly, I, I, don't, know. I don't know. I get, on my car, I get about 10 days of driving on a full tank. Yeah, 
but do you work from home? No. No. All right. I work 30 miles each way. Sorry. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Is that 10? Sorry. No, not 10. That's not right. Or maybe I don't drive as far as I think. I get about 375 miles to a tank. Yeah, I do about 1,000 miles a month. Obviously, you use kilometers, don't you? So, but yeah, I drive about 1,000 miles a month I do in driving, and that's just working. Um, yeah, I do about I'm, 15. Hmm? I do about 1,500 miles a month. I love it, though. I love driving. I love traveling. Um, but I absolutely love driving, and I've got a convertible. So I can, you know, if it's really lovely weather, I take the roof down. Unfortunately, my son likes to take the roof down when it's snowing or raining because he thinks it's fun, you know. Um, but yeah, I bought that car because of him, because he was so young and it would be something fun for him, you know. It's old, but, you know, it does the job. The roof hasn't got stuck yet. And now I've gone and said it, it's likely to get stuck. But um, <laughs> well, my, car, my car is 14 years old and i will drive it till it blows up yeah yeah what car do you have i have a toyota prius 2007 oh. toyota prius okay i got a nissan See? love that i love that car but it's it's getting a little long in the tooth you know behind you on your left it looks like a parrot sitting on that cupboard that is my lava lamp uh it looks a bit like a parrot a Swan. And then next over there is all the, the vinyl collection. Oh, the vinyl collection that's worth a lot of money. A little bit. I, I won't I won't discuss that. <laughs> do you have uh, um do you have the best black metal album in the world in that probably metal? not? You don't have Emperor in the Night Side Eclipse. We're back to Emperor, are we? Oh, sorry, accidentally just slipped out. So you don't uh, no, I don't have Emperor. Most of the black metal I have is modern American black metal. Okay. Which well, is... Shame you for not having Emperor in the Nightside Eclipse on vinyl. There is a lot of black metal that I should have from the classic days. I will definitely that admit that. It's the ultimate black metal album. Well, I will definitely check that out. But we definitely. are now about out of time. Oh, how convenient. <laughs> <laughs> I like to keep everything about 45 to an hour because I don't think anybody wants to hear me talk any longer than that. Wow, have we been talking that long? Yeah, hour five, actually. That's not how long the, the podcast is going to be. Oh, my God. Are you going to cut out all the good bits? No, we didn't record the first bits. Oh, <laughs> Play the good bits. <laughs> I'll play the good bits, the best bits. Uh, thank you very much for taking some time for me today. I know you are sleepy because it is late over there in the UK. Um, anything else that needs to be said before we go? Oh, no, just thank you for the interview. It was really refreshing. Thank you. Really? I One of the things I heard is long ago is that musicians hear the same questions over and over and over, and I refuse to ask them. No, no, it's good. It's good. It's good because you get the feel for what the person is like, what they're and really like. That's you know? the goal. I like that's, that. That's like the absolute. For me, I am more interested in somebody's music if I like them as a person. Oh, does that mean you like me? Wow. Put me on the spot. 
Well, but let's ask the parrot behind you. <laughs> yes, I like you, Sarah. I think you are absolutely wonderful. I try to be um, me, normal. <laughs> I try not to hold back. It's got me in trouble before, if I'm honest. No you know, feeling. <laughs> I do speak my mind. I try to, and I try to be honest with it. But I'd never try to offend people, but I try to be me. And that doesn't always go down very well. But you know I am who I am, and I don't think I'm false. And I don't think I'm fake. And I do try to say it how I see it. So and that's that exactly... That's exactly how it should be for everybody. I like myself, my podcast, everything I do, it's all an extension of who I am as a human being. And I hope people enjoy it. That's all I can say. Well, I think it was brilliant. I loved it. In fact, I might listen to it myself. (laughs) But I appreciate that. And with that, I will say we're going to play the new track off of the single, which is All Eyes on Me. Thank you very much for being here. This is the Glacier Musical Podcast. It does not play in Peoria. Shivers down my spine 